And I, and I thought, why should we be any different? Why should we humans lock ourselves into a cage eight hours if no other species, if no other creature is doing it? Everybody plays. They wave their tail, they jump in the river. We should do the same. So I, I, this model of making a lot of money and then retire with 62 here in Germany and then not being having the energy to spend it in ways you would have liked to spend it, it makes no sense to me. Well, 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 it could not have been said any better than that by anybody. A little clip from this amazing episode with Fabian Dietrich. Fabian left Germany and went on a adventure, or an adventure, down in South America. He took his Defender down there and drove from the tip of Argentina all the way up through, I think, the top of Colombia. And while they were down there, they created this this kind of team, and they modeled it and called it the rolling office, and created what he coins as the term, the very first nomad company. So they're going around, and they're meeting people who redefine what it means to work, right? They're finding these people that have created the life that they love. They're finding these people all over the place and interviewing him. A lot of them get in the hot seat inside the rolling office. Uh, Fabian drives around. He's got these amazing cameras and videos set up. And he interviews these people in his car, driving around in this crazy terrain in in the middle of uh, nowhere sometimes. And it's insanely fascinating. You can go to startupdiaries.org and follow his adventure. I know they have a pretty big Facebook following as well. And there is a link on the website. Uh, But this is is an awesome... I mean, it's like if you were to take this this show... Uh, put it outside in the middle of the most insane like environments and climates and then record the episodes. Like What he's doing pumps me up so much. You can get on his site right now. Not all the episodes are released yet. I know he has up to seven of them out. Uh, but go to startupdiaries.org and check that out. Listen to this episode because Fabian says a lot of amazing things. We get into why it is not you know the, the norm to to go out of your way and do these amazing things, but why it should be the norm. Why do we sit as humans and think that we have to be miserable, that we have to do all these things that people have been doing for all these years that don't make us happy? Why can't we be happy all the time? Why can't we go after those passions? Why can't we go after our goals and dominate? I mean, in fist pump until victory. Like victory should be every single day. It shouldn't just be when you're 65 and older and you've saved up enough money. Uh, So that is the theme of this episode. It's awesome. All the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 107 and here we go. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody. Let me hear that stickity, stickity, rickety, dickity beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. get on with your bad selves. Yeah. I smell the blood of a nomad one. He's doing the impossible. He's finding others. 
who are doing the impossible and he's documenting them and creating a real life motion picture from traveling from Berlin to South Africa in an old Mercedes Benz to diggity dominating the terrain of South America in his Defender. Fabian is piecing together a life, nothing short of a truly remarkable and epic adventure. He's invented and established what he is calling a nomad company. And he's here to execute the nine to five like the world depends on him. A skidamarinkity dinkity dink, a skidamarinkity doo Fabian Dittrich, you are the entrepreneur now. What's up, dude? <laughs> oh my God, that was a, a passionate introduction. Thanks for having me, Hef. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Fabian, it's been a long time coming, man. I've, I've been following you since we first connected uh, a couple months ago. And if anybody has a moment right now, I don't want you to do this if you're driving down the road, but don't wait because you'll forget. Get on startupdiaries.org and you can see what he's doing. And I'll let him get into explaining it a little bit right now. But these videos could be the most inspirational thing that you'll you'll put yourself in touch with this year. Like these clips and, and I I am a huge fan of them because I don't see like production quality like this. And we were talking in the pre-chat like literally he said that they don't know what the hell they're doing. But you can see the progression of this unconventional lifestyle and all these amazing things that they have been able to come. I mean, dude, you're like jumping off the top of waterfalls. Uh, you you roll around in this like rolling office and interview people that are also living unconventional lifestyles. And I don't even know how you get like the the sound quality that you do in that vehicle, given like the loudness of the situation. So, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped that you're here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me again. So, yeah, we were just coming back we're just coming back from south america um we drove a land rover defender that's uh, basically it looks like a tank it's green it's military green <laughs> and it's just a rectangular box and it drives like a rectangular box it's from 1997 it had 250,000 kilometers on it <laughs> uh, when we started and we drove 18,500 um kilometers from south south america that would be argentina to north south america which is uh Colombia. So just to give you an idea in Gosh, miles, man. that would be – so that's 11,400 miles. That's nuts. <clears throat> and yeah, as you said, from the beginning, we had our own company, uh, which we managed from this rolling office. So I was bef- previously working at Zendesk in uh, London and in San Francisco. And I left Zendesk, um, founded my own company. So we are service provider for cloud-based customer tools Mm -hmm. and this company was going very good from the beginning and after 18 months in the company um, I decided that you know I was kind of bored everything went well and I had this work routine I was in my office a lot in Berlin Um, so I chatted up a friend randomly and was like hey any idea what I should do with my life and I knew he's a good person to ask because he went traveling through Africa for four years in a Land Rover Defender, which he bought from the Nigerian embassy in Lagos. And he said, he sent me a link and he said, buy this. And it was a link to this Land Rover, which I then bought. But I was like, yeah, I bought, buy a Land Rover and then what? I go through South America and then what? Uh, it sounded a bit like I, I, I traveled too much already without doing something uh, on the way. And so then I had the idea that I wanted to do, you know, this this documentary about the challenge of running a whole company, not not just being an individual digital nomad, but a whole company running it from this kind of tank vehicle and on the way finding other people who find or found alternative work models and interview them too. 
And that's what we did for the last eight months. And it went uh, great. It was challenging at times, but I just did the statistics. So we drove 11,000 miles. We did 60 data migrations. We did 13 design projects. We had 250 calls. And um, from we, we crossed six countries. From this 250 calls, there was one call that broke up. So good was the internet oh, connection. Wow. And the internet connection was the most challenging thing. And that was what I was most afraid of when I, when I came there. But I went to South America in the last 12 years. I went there four times. And every time I noticed how drastically improved uh, the, the internet situation. And just an anecdote to, to show that I was in a bus once from Santiago to Valparaiso, which is a one and a half hour bus ride. And I got this notification on my phone saying, hey, you have a meeting in 15 minutes. I get this notification from Google. And I had no internet, but I had the $5 prepaid SIM card with 500 megabyte of data volume on it. And I was able to do the Skype call with my phone in a moving bus in Chile. And it worked. <laughs> so, so good is the internet situation in some parts already. So it wasn't really an issue. We literally did bigger projects from the desert where we would cross the desert and uh, we ha only had edge internet, you know, the E in the upper left corner of your phone. When it, it yeah. could be E, that's really slow. And then you have 3G and now you have LTE. So we had E. But wow. we still, you know, when we do high data volume operations, we would just lock on to a migration server in Chicago, which has a lot of bandwidth and hard drive, and then just remote control it from the desert. But to send these commands to this uh, remote server, the commands use no bandwidth. So you can easily do this with an edge internet connection. And it felt it just feels so good if you do like a big project and you do it, you know, next to the driver's seat while Wynn was driving. I was next sitting to him and, and finishing a data migration in the desert, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's just an awesome feeling. Uh, or the best story was a go live call uh, with a fairly big project. I think it was an 18k project. It lasted over several weeks, and we put some work in here and there, and then we had the go live call. And we were in the desert. We were actually stuck in the desert in the sand. And we used the winch, you know, this mechanical device that the Land Rovers have in front where you can pull yourself out of stuff. You wrap it around a tree or something. So we did that. We came out. And then it was a race against time. And we had a we had the go-life call in one hour. And there was a village in 15 minutes. But that would mean we would lose 45 minutes of waiting around. So we took more risk and went to the next village where we would just arrive in time. We had no shower for three days. We slept in the car in the desert for three days. Oh. And we were pretty tired, and I was wearing these these leather gloves because the steering wheel was so hot, and we were basically wearing nothing, like just you know shorts, pants. Damn, and... you really had to wear gloves? It was that hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point. That's awesome. Then... <laughs> so we get into the cyber coffee just in time, like a minute before the call, and it was a it was an online casino in Las Vegas, by the way, and. Uh, there was these kids, and they were all playing Counter-Strike and other ego shooters. They were maybe eight years old. It was really loud, and some people were listening to reggaeton. And I have a headset where you can press a button, and then it mutes. So I thought, like, yeah, every time I won't talk, I press this mute button so they don't realize I'm in this noisy desert place. And so I wanted to connect to the Wi-Fi, but they had no Wi-Fi. So I had to run back to the car, get this adapter so you can um, put an Ethernet cable into your in the, in the newer MacBooks, which don't have a plug. And then we had to put this cable across the room and then reaching my place. And I just made it into the call, and the call went great. And at one point, I looked like slightly left, and I saw the exit. 
of the cyber coffee and there was chicken running around. And so we were in the middle of the desert in this really small village, which had great internet connection. And I was able to handle this call. And it's these kind of situations where you kind of look on yourself like from the moon, right? And you see yourself sitting there kind of smelly and with this cable across the room and these eight-year-old listening to loud music and playing ego shooters while you handle a go-life call for an 18K project. And then you zoom out. And on the other side, you see these people in Las Vegas, maybe wearing suit and tie in a conference room with a, with a table microphone in the middle and, and talking to me. And this is just the awesome experience of kind of being in, on the forefront of, of what is possible today with, with technology and pushing the boundaries of what, what it means to what work means. Huh? <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. You're, you're doing everything that so many people would call impossible. I mean, e even those stories, like just sitting there listening to them, it's like I would have never thought that, that a lot of that, what you just said, was that doable uh, in situations like that. I mean, I can't drive three hours into – you know, the Daniel Boone National Forest over here without losing service on my cell phone for, for an extended period of time. And I'm not that far from cities, right? right. So you were, you were out there doing all these ridiculous things all over the world. But what really like inspires me more than anything is the fact that you are showing others that it's completely possible to piece together this lifestyle and be successful at it, right? Because you all are putting yourselves out there, not knowing what's going to happen from day to day. And you're running into opportunities left and right to do this kind of non-conventional lifestyle. And it's got to be way more fun than sitting around, you know, in a cubicle with your pants down crying. Right. Right. <laughs> like most people do. Yeah. And I can't, you know, it's, it all has its pros and cons. I mean, for me, definitely the con is now I, I can't, I'm kind of addicted to that, right? I, I, for me, it's just such a boring idea now. I'm getting up and I'm, I'm hanging out here in the office. I'm, I'm working, but you know, everything is so predictable. So the cool thing is that two weeks ago, I just got the car. So we in Cartagena, which is the north coast of the, uh, Colombia, the Caribbean. There, uh, I put the car on a ship exactly three weeks ago into a container and it just arrived. So now it's standing in my backyard. I can actually see it here from from the window. And... I already drove from Hamburg to Berlin, which was three hours. And just, you know, driving on the German autobahn with that car, I felt back. I felt I, I, my mind went back to this mindset of being somewhere in nature in South America. So I think I can I can have the same kind of adventurous life here. And my idea now is to, you know, I have LTE here on my phone, which is so fast. I can be anywhere. <laughs> I can be anywhere and do screen sharing with my tethered phone connection. I can do Skype calls with my phone connection. I can sleep in a cornfield and use my phone for, for everything I do. And yeah, now my idea is just, you know, to drive around in Europe, maybe do like a tour from one co-working space to another and, 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 and speak about the experiences and, and give some, some workshops. But I definitely want to live on the road again. <laughs> do you ever run into people? I mean, it could be parents or family or friends that, that still like push against the, the unconventional lifestyle. Like they make excuses for why you can't do it. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, the, no one really tells me, hey, you should settle down. No, you should think about this and that. Because I don't have these kind of friends, fortunately. But I meet many people who have these problems. Most of the time, women also a lot. No, women in their 30s, and then they hear from society and from grandfathers, hey, you should think about yeah. kids and all that. So that's a more common thing with women um, because of the kids thing, but also with men. And in my case, no, I don't I don't hear that a lot. Um I think the friends I have, they they are kind of okay with what they're doing, no matter what they're doing. Like my best friend, for example, he just got a kid last 
last night and it's the second but they're totally happy in what they're doing i don't think they they look at me with envy uh, or they or i also don't look at them with envy like we're, we're kind of cool <laughs> with the situation um and and we respect each other for 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 the different lifestyles that we have but no i, I don't hear that a lot yeah it, i don't think always... that you you surround yourself with the people that that you want to be uh, sort of like and and i can see with you rolling around you know with Dom and Ben and doing all the crazy yeah. stuff that you guys are doing, uh, you start to get away from somebody like who would be sitting in an office talking to other people who are sitting in an office, talking about how they're going to get up the next day and go to that office. And I just right. think that once you get out there and taste it, like when you first started and you decided that you were going to go, once you taste it, like you said it earlier, you can't, you can't go back. Now you're driving like <laughs> three hours between cities and you're already getting leached back in. Like I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. man. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and uh, let let's see, let's see where it goes. I, th- I guess you know, I'm I'm just happy I'm doing this all now. I'm now 34, but I traveled. Uh, I started traveling with 20, so my last long-term trip to Thailand was in was, was with 20, and then from that moment on, I traveled, but only to faraway destinations. So I don't know Austria, and I don't know Italy, and all these uh, countries which are neighboring here mm. to Germany, because I think, yeah, I'm going to do this when I'm 50 or 60, and my back hurts, and I can't sleep in a different and crappy hostel bed every night. Uh, <laughs> and I, when I kind of need or want more comfort. So for now, I'm I'm just going far away, where, where it's not so easy to travel, so later I can I can do the others. And, and maybe then I'm a bit more settled and, and Whatever, but now it's still adventure. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to do it while you still can, right? I was like yeah. the other day, I was talking to my dad, and he said, You know, I just, I really, it just really sucks how life is, you know, because you just work your whole life. And then when you finally have the money to do it, you know, you just yeah. can't really do it anymore. And I'm like, yeah, looking yeah. at him like, You know, you're not even 60 yet. Well, I guess he's, he's young, like, he's pretty young for being a parent of my generation. And, and I'm like, You still have, and you can start right now. You have plenty of abundance to do whatever you want. Like that kind of a mindset kills me. Right. Um, right. And so doing it as young as you are right now, I, I just think that I don't think it's ever too late to start. Right. Nah, it's not. No. And you know, I just, it's a funny story, but I had this epiphany in the Amazon about two years ago. I was sitting in this tree house from this American dude who, who lived in the jungle for two years. And <laughs> he was, he was right uh, next to the Ucayali river, which is a river uh, next to Pucalpa in, in Peru, which later floats into the Amazon. And it's pretty big and you have pink river dolphins there. So it's, it's just jumping dolphins, but they're pink. And uh, I was in this treehouse looking out, and I saw those those river dolphins jumping. And I, I thought, like, why are they jumping? <laughs> and then I, I hear I heard all these you know these these grasshoppers, the crickets, I think they're called, and they made these noises. And I thought, why are they doing this? And then they he had three dogs, and the three dogs are really funny. They fight a lot with a cat, and they they you know they they wave their tail a lot and. I was like, why are they doing this with their tail? And I was, and I was kind of in this philosophic mindset, and I thought, wow, all these creatures are just doing these kind of things for cage. I mean, of course, you can. If no other species, if no other creatures doing it, everybody in the sound because they wave their tail, they jump in the river. We should do the same. So, this model of making a lot of money and then retire with 62 here in Germany, and then not being having the energy to spend it in ways you would have liked to spend it, it makes no sense to me. Dude, you could have said it any better. I've never thought about it from that angle, though. You're right. I mean, if you look at if you look at any other creatures, they're doing 
honestly what what they want to have fun doing, yeah. right? They, of course, they have the survival mechanisms there, but jeez, yeah. yeah. Which it's it's crazy. But dude, when you were down in South America, you you drove you drove like the equivalent of going back and forth in the United States like seven times or something ridiculous. That's that's a pretty long uh, way to drive. And how long how long did that take you? Uh, the whole trip was uh, eight months only, but we did big breaks. Like we had yeah. a flat rented for a month in Chile. We stayed nearly a month in Lima, Peru. Only the driving maybe, like like the straight driving would be maybe, let's say, three weeks of eight hours driving a day. And you yeah. could make the same distance. It's far easier than in Africa. Like in Africa, when I drove there, sometimes you're just stuck for two days at the front of at the border between two countries because they don't want to let you in and you have to mingle and all that in south america it's it's straightforward you come to the border two hours later in the country maximum how 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 easy was it for you to find these uh, projects or these gigs to be able to support yourselves going through uh, to make Uh, this as a company work in the beginning it was uh we did it ourselves um so Usually we went. We would just go to a co-working space, and there you would meet the whole community. In South America, it's kind of different. Like here in Berlin, you have in, in Berlin we have 35 co-working spaces, and it's kind of normal that you're a freelancer here. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody works on some sort of projects, which yeah, and 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 or in internet startups, it's a very techy freelancer world here in Berlin. Um, but in South America, it's kind of the underdog alternative scene so if you go to a co-working space and you meet one person they know everyone else because it's such a small scene and and you're so connected because you need the support from the other peer members to to support this kind of alternative lifestyle because in south america it's so much it takes so much more courage to to get out of the system because it's economically it's not that safe and you know it's it takes a lot of courage to to just be this work rebel down there so yeah co-working space was always the first point we hit up and then we would just meet people and, and schedule uh interviews and later we had a we had an assistant a friend of mine in, in spain who would reach out beforehand to people that we would would like to meet and there was totally it's i can only recommend that like if you do some sort of these kind of real-time video documentaries or any real-time project it's so key to have someone which is based somewhere stable and, and can reach out to people beforehand yeah, there was a big learning. Thing. Were you yeah. all filming basically twenty four seven, or did you set up uh, when you knew that you were going to be getting some action? So no, no, we weren't at all. And you have to you have to know that when we were in Berlin, I was working eight to ten hours a day, and Dominic yeah. was working something like five to ten hours a day. So we were full time working, and then suddenly we were in South America, and we had to do the same amount of workload. But we also had to do a video documentary, shooting, interviewing, storytelling, publishing, social media work. The Startup Diaries took more time than the actual company work, but we had just less time available. So we learned to work really efficiently using the right tools in the right way. That was a big eye-opener that you know I was wasting so much time here in the office, just stretching hours and, and killing time somehow. And down there, we just had so much pressure and time pressure that we just had to work more efficiently. So no, we were we were maybe filming here and there, you know, just pulling out the camera and 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 filming, but definitely not twenty four seven. Maybe an hour per day or two. For for somebody who has sort of a dream to travel the world and, and document, um, or maybe freelance work as they go throughout the world, what what is kind of your exact process of how you all were putting that whole thing together? And I know that like 
you said video documentaries take a lot of work. I can't imagine because just doing an audio podcast takes up a massive amount of work. I mean, you're right, right. with like social media and, and the websites and sourcing and everything. Mm. Um, what what kind of process do you have? I mean, I know you mentioned a little bit on on the tech side of it, but how do you actually put that flow together? Mm. So <clears throat> first, you definitely need to have the idea and and believe in it. No, really be passionate about it. And if you're not, then just come up with something else. Like the, yeah. just just dream big. Whatever Larry Patron said, if you if you plan big, it's hard to fail completely. No, and it's it's good to have these kind of big crazy goals because the obstacles that are in the way in comparison to the big goal seem just way smaller than if you have a mediocre um, goal. So it's easy to overcome them. That's one thing. So just believing in the idea, then. It's totally key to test everything before you actually leave and burn the bridges. So if you have a website where you publish things, then go through the process of publishing something before you leave. I always put that on my on my memory list, and I never do it anyway, and then I always realize how important it is. Like, film something, interview your friend if, if you do interviews, cut the interview, edit it, post-correct it, write a blog entry, embed some images, put the video on the blog, see how it looks like when you share it on Facebook and see how it looks like when people click like and all that and make it look perfect before you actually leave because it's so much more hassle if, you, if you're down there and don't have a desk or yeah, with crappy Wi-Fi and all that. So this is definitely key. Then for the planning, what I realized also with the Africa trip is it seems like the world is just waiting for people who do something different, like some some crazy stuff, you know. And and I always figured out it's you know if ninety five percent do X, you're you're kind of always more successful if you do if you're in the part of the five percent who do Y. Yeah. So, uh, for example, there was I don't know if I can tell this here, but there was this guy Howard Marks. He has a book called Mister Nice. He was uh, this this guy who who provided the world with 15% of all the Mariana that was ever sold. And I once read his book and I found him a quite inspiring person, no matter what he did, but the ways he did it was cool. And he just made a movie and then they were saying, hey, you want to have a dinner with Mr. Nice? And he, you know, he was traveling with the Rolling Stones and, and <laughs> he's just a, he had 25 fake IDs and working for the CIA at the same time and crazy guy. So what was his they name? said, Howard Marks. Oh, cool. If you see the yeah. book cover, you for sure know him. Um, and then they said, yeah, send us an email and give us the reason why you want to meet Howard Marks. And I said, no, I won't send an email. I will send a video. So I made like a one-minute video and I won the thing. So I met him and had dinner with him and all that. Oh, and it was no really way. cool. Yeah. And then, you know, there was another thing you could win because Ford Focus was releasing the new Focus and they said, yeah, make a one-minute video and you win it. And then I made a one-minute video and won it and got like 10,000 bucks and a trip to Madrid and race car circuit driving with some race car celebrities and all that. So I, I say video is, is key always. Like I would not send CVs anymore. I would send a video CV. And the same goes for when you plan your dream travel project. If you want to reach out to media partners and sponsors, it's the best way. So what we would do is you we would pick the the sponsors that we wanted to have, maybe a list of 20 people. To, and then we would find out the responsible per people, the actual names. So let's say the name is Howard Marks. And then we would start the video by saying, hi, Howard Marks. 
this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what we need, this is how you benefit from it. The, these four things, basically. And then we would record the same video, but the only thing that is different is the name. So we would record 20 times, hi, Art Marks, hi, Jonathan, whatever, hi, blah, blah, blah. And then we would only exchange the two first seconds of the video, so we would kind of mass-produce 20 videos which look personalized to this person. And then we would send them to these different 20 people on all sorts of different channels. So it would be an escalation step, first via email, saying something like, hey, an email, a video says more than like a thousand words. That's why we made a video especially for you. And we would paste this video. And if they start the video, they would see someone saying hi and then the name of this person. So they cannot, they cannot just ignore it. Yeah, it's they are like, wow, these guys did a video just for me. So I at least say no. And if they wouldn't respond, then we would go an escalation step further. So we would maybe mention them on Twitter or put it on their Facebook fan page or write to their assistants. And we always came through. So I would say the statistics is from 20 videos made, 18 would reply in one way or another, at least say no, and five would actually sponsor us. So that's a 25% conversion rate, which is awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? It's a hell so of a video, lot higher than if you were sending an email, right? Yeah. Video is the key. Sometimes it was just small things like a guitar or, you know, one gave us a MacBook, one wanted to give us another MacBook, but then we said, yeah, we already have one, give us the money, and they actually did that. Like small things, but if you have five, then you already have like half of what you need. And the same goes for media coverage. So we were in Colombia and, and in all sorts of countries down there, and we wanted to show up in, in like TV shows. So we made just a list of 20 Ecuadorian TV channel names, 20 uh, Colombian TV channel names. And then we were in a nice setting. We would like stand on the Land Rover, and Dom was shouting all these names. And then he was like, Colombia TV. And then I would say, Hola, Colombia TV. And he was like, Ecuador Caracol TV and I would say hola Ecuador Caracol TV so we would just record this all these names and then cut them in front of the other one minute video that we we're filming so we in, in like one hour of work we could produce 20 customized videos then send them to the TV stations and from about 25 videos we made we, we've showed up in four TV channels so that's also a really really good conversion rate so video is always the key customized video uh, production and then sending it in innovative ways like using LinkedIn or even you know sending it to the personal account from the assistant who works for that person on Facebook <laughs> these kind of things and you know if the assistant sees it and they, they see there's a video made for their boss where actually someone says the name of their boss and they think the idea is cool they forward it and if you get it from your assistant you, you for sure look at it yeah. so it's this yeah that, that that's uh that's one thing to get sponsors and all that. And then, yeah, in terms, of, in terms of unknown, you know, fears, fear of the unknown, I figured, I mean, I went through all sorts of places like Nigeria and Mauritania, where if you read the, the web pages of the foreign ministry, they would totally not recommend to go to these places. And yeah. you don't see any white dudes walking around there in, in Lagos, for example. <laughs> I went through Brazil and Colombia and nothing ever happened to me. Nothing. Any Jamaica, nothing happened to me. So I think... You know, for me, the world seems like a pretty safe place if you have some intuition and you're, you're just not plain stupid and walk around with a map and a camera on your neck in, at night in northern Brazil. Yeah. But, you know, you just shouldn't do that. But, but you don't do that at home either, right? Like, it's, it's, it's so bad for me. Like, I go out in eastern Kentucky, and these people in eastern Kentucky are so scared to leave their little counties. They don't leave, and they are so... They are so negative and against anybody else who does. 
Like uh, I was telling some of them, like, yeah, you know, I just went to Thailand. And they're like, why the hell would you want to go there? They're going to chop your head off and put you on CNN. I'm like, hey, I'm like really? You, you like, like, I don't even have time to, to explain this to you right now, you know? And it's really sad, like, because I think the world is a beautiful place. And I think mm. people just have gotten away from paying attention to it, like the attention that we deserve to pay to it. And right. I hate like it's just like we're we're locking ourselves in a cage and just throwing away the key before we even are born sometimes. It's nuts. Yeah. Hello. This is Todd. I just wanted to let you know about this little special on Amazon. With Amazon Audible, you can get a sensual sexy audiobook for free in a free 30-day trial comes along with it if you go to artsynow.com forward slash book you can check right into your sexual side you could get yourself a little romance novel maybe even a little self-help on the sexual side of life don't miss out artsynow.com forward slash book the only thing that holds me and my partner together ta-ta I think we cannot blame us or other people. It was always like that. And there's so much research to it. Like if you go 35,000 years back and you, you imagine guys at the, on the savannah, if you see a moving bush, bush on the open field, the first reaction, and it should be, is run away. Because yeah. most probably it's something which kills you. It might be a lion or something. So you have to run away. Now, our brains didn't change. Our reptile inner brain functions are still the same. So... Unknown means danger. Run away. Don't go there. Fire right. But then flight. we have, yeah, we have all the rational stuff now in the outer brain layers, which should allow us to, th you know, now we have we have police and we have security, all sorts of security measures, and so it's kind of outdated. Our our brains are outdated, but we still have this inner function, and we can't blame people for it. And I think, yeah, but the best way is just to, to just do it. No, traveling is an amazing way to see that nothing is really so dangerous and. You know, you, you you hardly get killed. I mean, if something happens to you, maybe somebody steals something from you. But then if you give it to them, yeah, you lose a phone or you lose maybe $500 of value and a stolen backpack. But if you put this on a balance on one side and on the other side, missing out on all these amazing facets that you can see and the faces of the world and all these different cultures and people, it totally makes sense to once lose a phone to have all these experiences. Yeah, man. Life is a movie, right? So live it that way. Mm. Does that sound yeah. familiar? <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to the World Domination Summit here at the end of this week up in Portland. So there's all uh -huh. sorts of non-conventional awesomeness going on there, which I'm pretty pumped about. And getting to surround myself with other people that are doing things like you. We're actually – I don't know if, if you've ever been to that before, but we're uh, – Chris Gillibo is the one who organizes it all. Oh, the art of what is that? The art of non-conformity. Non-conformity, yeah. 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 And he he does a world record every year too. So this year we're breaking the world record for largest waffles in bed, largest breakfast in bed. <laughs> They're putting all these mattresses out. I think it's like two hundred mattresses outside, four people each, each one. Like <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Like that, but that's that five percent, right? That's away from the ninety-five percent to be even right. involved in something like that, and the amount of people that you get to meet. It's just so uh, awesome. So like yeah. travel, I love it. If you if if you anybody out there hasn't 
taken that leap past your fear zone and traveled, you should totally do it. It'll change your perspective on everything. Just going to one other country to see, don't go to like the tourist resort um, where everybody's just going to be the same as you. Like get out there into the, into the society and into the culture and really indulge yourself because it's, it's nuts. And when you were down there, did you, did you have any favorite places Uh, or, I mean, I guess you've kind of been all over the world now. What, what are some of your favorite places? I think my favorite place is a place called Blue Hole on in Jamaica. It's like uh, Ocho Rios is one of the the town the, the the barrios there in Jamaica, and you can go to Blue Hole, which is this beautiful lagoon in the middle of the jungle slash forest, where you just have one giant deep blue crystal clear water oh, yeah. hole after the next, <laughs> and then it's connected by like waterfalls and rivers and uh, they have this little rope. There's ropes hanging from the top, so you can hang on to this rope and swing, and then make a looping into the water and do all sorts of crazy things from this from this rope. You can swim in the waterfall. You can yeah, there's, a, there's a waterfall which is not that steep and goes down, so you can run down and then at the end jump headfirst into the into the deep hole. And it's just, there's no, there's nothing. It's, there's no security. There's no police. You're just, you know, like Tatsan. You can stay the whole day there. I can, and have a lot of fun. I can, I can think I can live there for a week Dude, and only like, jump to the water. I'm looking at pictures on Google right now, and yeah. I don't know how I've never heard of this. It is insane <laughs> looking. It's, it's, it's paradise. It's <laughs> like, paradise. what? Yeah, it's just a paradise. Uh. Yeah, I'd say, <laughs> I could say I could stay there for at least a week. Yeah, It'd be hard <laughs> to leave, jump. man. I could live there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just happy there. It's just back to childhood and jumping into thirty meter deep blue crystal clear water holes and making like these acrobatic things in the air before you hit the water. It's amazing. If somebody would have put this into a movie, I would have thought that they had like staged the scenery. It's so amazing. Yeah, and and check out and this. I just did a TED talk. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, yes, it's I on Startup it. Diaries. So, so you you know about the waterfall thing, right? What, what, what I what I started I started the TED talk with talking about this waterfall, and this is actually close to this place. It's called Dunn's River Falls, and there you have these cascading waterfall, which is like 300 meters long, so you can you can climb it in like one hour. But if you if you come there without the tourists, you see this giant, bright, uh, like really wide waterfall, and you see you you think like, how do I go up? And you have like these thousands of possibilities and lagoons on the way. And then you see the tourist buses coming and the guides tell them to first buy this rent, this $10 rubber shoes, and then hold on each, onto each other's hand and then go up in the same way, like the same line and take these small baby steps. So they all, you see this line of people taking these small baby steps going the same way, whereas there's a thousand different ways where you discover so much more. So... I think this is a perfect representation of society. You have this main <laughs> mainstream, and then you have these other 5% who just walk up the waterfall however they want, and it's a bit riskier, but it's so much more rewarding when you reach the top because you have seen so much more. Like, for example, I went to all sorts of places there, and I saw these giant butterflies and all these beautiful sights, and the butterflies wouldn't fly where all the people were. And <clears throat> I also didn't rent this rubber shoes, which was totally a crappy idea. And you know, and and, and it's the same at, at this blue hole. There's people coming with these tourist buses, and there's other very few people who just walk there and then can do whatever. And then if you bump into these 
tourist groups with the guides and you like kind of walk next to the, the guide is like, oh, where's your group? Where's your guide? You're walking, here, you're walking around here alone. You, should, you could break your neck. Or, you know, like, yeah, right. I was here three hours jumping into the water and didn't break my neck and I had so much more fun than always sticking to the group. So, yeah, I think that's it's a perfect representation of, of society. Oh, I know. It's crazy how much you can discover if you just venture away. Like when we were out, we were doing some waterfall hiking, um, it's sort of outside Chiang Mai a little bit. And there was a group, right, that we were with. And every time they would stop, they would explain to go down like this walking path and see it. And like we were just off in the woods, you know, like hiking around way away from wherever they were. And I felt like they were always waiting on us. But the stuff that we got to see, like the things that we would find, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. man, like nobody else got to see it and you try to explain it. You know, of course we got the GoPro and things like that. Uh, but if you were to just walk down to the bottom of the waterfall, it's not near as interesting. And I think you're right. I think that works with the whole principle of life for sure. Yeah. 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 So sweet blue hole. I have to check that out. And I'll yeah. I went there from the Canada. There's sun, sun wing airlines. I was in Canada. It was the coldest winter, I think like two years ago. And then yeah. I just searched the internet and for 500 Canadian dollars, which is even within US dollars, I believe, I had the flight and the hotel. So I stayed at the hotel one night, had all the breakfast included, and then I took my backpack and never came back to the same hotel because it was so horrible there. There was like, I was sitting with, with a couple my age, and they were saying, What are you doing? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm going out now and, and checking out the streets. And he's like, <laughs> You're going out? You're leaving the hotel compound? Are you crazy? There's all these people <laughs> waiting for you. And, and it's true. When you go out the hotel compound, there's these Jamaicans who are kind of hassling you and want something. And it's not easy to get rid of them. But if you're 100 meters further into town, everything is different. It's just, you know, walking out the compound, yeah. which is a bit weird. But uh, if you're in the streets, it's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just never went back to that hotel. Oh, man. It's, it's yeah. You always run into people like that, right? Like, hey, do you want to get some lunch? Yeah, let's just hit up the hotel buffet. So, well, let's... Yeah, you can't blame them. These guys <laughs> never tried before. They just went the first time to Jamaica. And it, it's scary if you go out of the compound and there's these eight Jamaicans on top of you who want something. You, you need to know how to how to not talk yourself out and how to act sometimes. Yeah, all about the energy, right? Yeah, the, the, you know, if they do fist bumps to greet, then you do it too. And you're like, <laughs> this kind of reggae Rasta, Rastafarian flow with you. And then it just works fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you, man? Well, I guess now in the summer months, I just, uh, on the weekend, I definitely want to take the Land Rover and go somewhere nature, to some nature place. It seems like I, I might have a book deal, so I have to, I will leave the phone at home and just go to some lake, sleep there and write on this book. And whenever it gets cold again, I think I either go down through France, Spain, and then northern Morocco, northern Africa, or maybe just to the, through the Middle East to Asia, like something I can reach over land with a car. Yeah, and then do maybe a project to hit up all co-working spaces and give workshops. Like one of my favorite topics is how to work more efficiently mm. using the right tools, like tech, tech tools, and then and, and teach people how they can easily save an hour of of work each day by, by, by working more efficiently then it could one topic could be how to you know come up with your dream exploration or travel project how to get funds media attention all that and one thing could just talking about running a company from from the road which I'm already doing here at co-working space and now at the Berlin Tech Open Air which is next week and 
yeah, that's one of these things. But I'm for now I'm just floating around in the nothing, and uh, that's that's also good. Like, yeah, I thought maybe to- you were getting into the efficiency thing when you were explaining the videos, because I mean I'm super passionate about efficiency as well. And when you were saying yeah. you would do these twenty videos, somebody would think that it would take. You know, like a lot of people would just be like, oh, we have to record 20 full videos the same way with a different name, but like clipping them in and putting the name like that in right. itself, you're doing that much in one hour instead of yeah, yeah. instead of 15 or whatever it might have cost you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, it, once you start writing on that efficiency stuff, hit me up, man. Send it over to me. I'd love to read through it. Um, I'm actually doing a book right now for creative atmosphere, uh, how to make more time for creativity. So it's all efficiency techniques as well. So I'm right. in the middle of it. Cool, man. Well, Fob, man, do something crazy. Do something funky. Keep keep doing what you are because like, I'm going to like, I'm just going to fist pump all day now, probably all week, just talking <laughs> to you. The best way to start out a Monday morning at 5 a.m. is definitely talking to you. I need to connect you with my friend Jason uh, from zero to travel.com. If you don't know him, man, you need to get on his show because he interviews people specifically doing things that, that are very similar to what you're doing, uh, rolling around. And, and I think that you guys would really hit it off together for sure. We'll be cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks. And Hey, where can our, where can everybody get in contact with you? Uh, find you. I know startupdiaries.org. You've got a couple different projects though, uh, drumming through. So what's the best route to send them? Yeah. I'm just walking, working on a personal branding site. So it's just my name, FabianDittrich.com. Maybe you can include it somewhere there in the show notes. Uh, and yeah, the I will. Yeah, it's just FabianDittrich.com. I will put that in the show notes. Faux show, you can get that at artsynow.com forward slash 107. Um, yeah, dude, sweet. Like I, I, I'm pumped because like when I, I think about my goal, like I do a lot of amazing things on the side, but I do still have a day job. And I got trapped into like the American dream of getting myself into a lot of debt with student loans and a mortgage and stuff. So I've been on this like rapid savings plan to get it all paid off this year. Just like, and it's been insane, man. Like, but, but when I see you all driving around the desert and you're like, oh, hey, you know, this guy needs a revamp on his website at this hotel. Uh, We can, you know, we can install these WordPress plugins. We can update this for him and make some money while we're down here or get supported. Like that is so inspiring. Just knowing that those situations and opportunities only arise if you put yourself in the situation to accept them. Right. If you were never there, that would have never happened. Um, And so seeing that and seeing all these people going around doing some of these amazing things that you're doing, especially hell, just the ones that you put in your videos in general. Like you, you've had so many awesome people that you've talked to and you get them in the office, the rolling office. Like everybody got, has got to check that out. So yeah, I'll link to your site. I'll link to Startup Diaries. I'll put as many of your projects in there as I can, dude. And thank you so much for coming on, man. You, you're a baller. Like keep it up, dude. Cool, man. Yeah, thanks for having me and keep up the work. It's, it's, it's great also that what you're doing now, like um, – getting a collection of all these different people who do different things and, and put it out there in the world so other people might uh, might see what, what what what's happening and what's possible and, and might get inspired so i think we yeah, all dude. we're both doing a good job i think you get these emails from listeners and, and fans just telling you how much like these things have changed their life or the principles that you bring in i, I do think literally surrounding yourself with people who are doing this which is the whole this is the whole like method right is to work towards that greater energy of of helping people get over that fear and start creating the life that they love and uh man i I couldn't 
I couldn't say that I would want to be a part of anything else like that didn't involve some sort of self-development and helping other people do the same thing. So I love it, man. I love I love connecting and I appreciate it too. And same here, same here. <laughs> everybody out there, do something crazy, do something funky, run around with your pants down, pogo stick across the <laughs> United States in your undies if you want to. Give somebody a high five today. Uh, give them a smile. Break the rules, but first break the rulers and. Bobby, and thank you so much, dude, for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky, man. Keep it funky. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I love funk. James Brown, man. Yeah, dude, for sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Archapreneur now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.